Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today. Today we celebrate the transfiguration where Jesus shines in all of his glory. And you, in the word of God, get to see what is just so glorious about him. Order of service is found on screen and in your worship folder. At this time, let's begin with our opening hymn, 389. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us. Let us confess our sins then to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature. Gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us 
He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. And in the voice that came from the bright cloud, you foreshadowed our adoption as your sons. In your mercy, make us co-heirs of glory with Jesus our King and bring us at last to heaven. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
first lesson this morning is from Exodus chapter 24. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and Hur are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. The word of the Lord. Continue with our song. Second lesson this morning from 2 Peter chapter 1. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, 
This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Please stand. Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
name of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, dear fellow believers. About two weeks ago, somebody sent me an email about the Stella Awards. I didn't know anything about it, so I opened it up. It was from somebody I knew. And Stella Awards are given to those people who took a case to court and they won some outlandish court case that they never should have won. And a jury gave them a ridiculous sum of money for something that never, never should have happened. And so I'm reading through, they had, I don't know, 10, 15 different, just outlandish and ridiculous cases. People were awarded money from a court case. So, so here, here's just number one. The, the number one on the list was a woman who was awarded $1.75 million. She had purchased a brand new Winnebago. She was driving it down the road. She put on cruise control, and she had read the directions and the, the manual, the Winnebago manual, and cruise control, she thought, was autopilot. And so she put it on, unbuckled herself, went back to do something in the Winnebago, and, well, of course it crashed. She sued the company and won $1.75 million because it wasn't clear that cruise control was an autopilot. But I thought this needed a little more research. So I did. Just basic research that you can do on the web. And it turns out the whole thing appears to be fake. The whole email, the whole Stella Awards thing. Fake names, fake stories, fake court cases, fake awards from a fake jury. The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, doesn't, doesn't the whole thing make you scratch your head and stand back and wonder, well, first of all, the awards were ridiculous, but now it's fake. Who in the, who in the world would come up with this, put this in an email, and send this out to people that, of course, it's a known thing all over the Internet? What a wicked world we live in. What an upside-down world. I mean, doesn't it frustrate you? The evil every day in it. The sin that's within each and every one of us and the sin that comes out of people that we deal with. And at the end of the day, you just when you're done with work, you just sit down on your couch and you let out that loud sigh. Ugh. Those of you coming to Galatians class this Thursday, the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1 calls this world uh, the present evil world. And it sure is, every single day. And he's saying, it reminds us there's another world coming that is not like this, and that's his point. But Martin Luther has a, has a fascinating commentary on this section, on what Paul just said there, this present evil world. And he, he says, Martin Luther... When the world is at its best, keep in mind it's still at its worst. It's as good as the world can get. It can't stop being broke. It's an evil age. I mean, don't you want to get away? Don't you long for something different? Don't you want to have Calgon take me away somewhere where it's not destruction and and Disaster and sin and evil, a place where it's upright and wholesome, where God is God and respected as such, a place where it's upright and righteous and even 
sinners aren't sinners anymore, but sinners, people who are so caught up in even the things of this evil world, now aren't. And they can be at peace with God. Who doesn't desire a place like that? Because three sinners actually got to enjoy that for a brief time. It was just a glimpse. Peter, James, and John get to see exactly that. And they go up on a high mount. But I want you to keep in mind, it wasn't the place that was such a sight to behold. It was a person. Jesus was transfigured. I know it's a big word. It just means he changed. That's the Greek word. It can even be translated, he morphed. His appearance became something different. And that's what Matthew's trying to bring out. His face now shines and radiates. All he can do is use a simile and give a comparison. And he uses the biggest one we have in the world. The sun. His face shined like the sun. And his clothes, which aren't even his body, his clothes, which are right next to it, become white like lightning. Again, another simile. Just so brilliant and bright. And you understand that if we stare at the sun or if we stare at something like the sun for for too long, I mean, there's going to be damage done. And yet Peter, James, and John, as they're looking at this, their eyes aren't damaged. It's because it's not a blinding light. It's a glorious one. Do you understand what's so glorious about Jesus Christ? Do you understand what the nature of this glory is? It's really the same glory that Moses went up and saw but it wasn't Moses' glory. It's the same glory that those 70 saw in the Old Testament with Moses and Joshua, but it wasn't their glory. It's Jesus' very own glory as the Son of God, the God-man. This is who he is. It's his essence. So Peter, James, and John are seeing the Son of God for who he truly is. And we're not done yet. Well, what is so glorious about Jesus as the Son of God that that makes Peter say and blurt out something that actually was kind of smart? I want to stay, is really the point of what he's saying. I want to make this last. What is so glorious about Jesus as the Son of God that these three want to desperately stay and in a way not go back to the sinful, weird world? It's the intense love that Jesus has for sinners. Otherwise, they would have been obliterated. I mean, God is love, and they are seeing the the essence of Jesus who loves sinners. And we're not done yet. It's the intense determination of Jesus to see sinners' salvation through all on his own. After all, that's why he's here. That's what they're basking in. Who Jesus is and what he's here to do and to accomplish on their behalf. And and as Peter, James, and John are there, keep in mind, this isn't fake. They're not seeing a mask on Jesus. Actually, they're seeing Jesus unmasked. They're not seeing a facade or something phony. 
this is who he truly is. Who wouldn't want that to last? We're not done yet. As these three are there, two more people show up. Matthew tells us, just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Uh, You have to understand Moses. Well, first of all, somebody's friends are important. Who somebody's uh, around and the company they keep is very important. For Moses, there was no greater prophet in the Old Testament. He was the chief prophet. He wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. Of course, it's God's word. But Moses, at the end of his writing, said, I I want you guys to anticipate, Israelites, that there is going to be a prophet coming who is greater than me. And I want you to look for him. And and so Moses, as the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, said, I want you to look for somebody down the road, and here that is. He's making the connection to Jesus. And then, of course, you have this pillar named Elijah. Elijah was a formidable prophet of the Old Testament as well. He took on the prophets of Baal. He stood against idolatry and paganism in the Old Testament. He set up a school for the prophets, and so he handed down the word of God to the next generations of prophets who would take this out to the people. And so here you have two pillars of the Old Testament talking with Jesus, and it's really saying all of these things from the Old Testament, they culminated and came together in him. We want all people to see this Jesus. Kind of hard, isn't it? It's a nice ideal. But it's hard to see Jesus in every generation because he doesn't shine so brightly like the way he did on the top of this mount, right? And so it was hard for the people of Moses' day. They grumbled and complained. It was hard for the people of Elijah's day. I mean, that's why they ran after other, uh, other fake gods. And it's hard for people today too, isn't it? I mean, for some people, just to cut them a little slack, there are some people who are intimidated by the voice of God. And they feel terrorized and terrified in their hearts. And mind you, Peter, James, and John did in just a second when the voice of God came and spoke. Even Peter, James, and John were terrified and they fell to the ground. There are people who feel the weight of their sin and shame and they don't know where to go with it, what to do with it. And they, for whatever reason, run from God. And there are other people who have no shame whatsoever on earth and they are just running after all of the wrong stuff, filling their lives with worldly stuff and they just don't care. And there are some people who who are trying and so kind of like Wisconsin Lake right after springtime, they kind of dip their toe into the religious water wondering if they should swim and they kind of come away too often saying, this is too cold. Can't swim here. And maybe they put it a little differently. They, they go to church one time as if they've tried to understand the Bible. Ah, that was boring. All they did was talk about sin and some guy named Jesus. And they don't even really give it a chance. And then they go back and they listen to four or five women on TV who have various viewpoints. Or maybe they turn on political channels because these things get the blood boiling. I mean, who doesn't wake up when the blood gets boiling, right? 
and then we just stand back and we complain about why the next generation after us is more foolish and more ridiculous and more outlandish than our generation and, and how we know better than them. Peter would take issue with that. Peter would take major issue with anybody who writes off Christianity and especially who writes off Christ. After all, he wanted this to last. He wanted perpetual forever church with Jesus on the top of that mount. God would take issue too. God would take serious issue with anybody who doesn't want it to last in his son. The problem is, it just can't last yet. It can't last on the top of that mount because Jesus has work to do. He's got to come down. He's got to finish it. And so to people of every generation, no matter where you've gone, where you've been, how foolish your generation is or isn't, God the Father has something to say to you, and it's listen. Please listen. Please, with all your heart, listen so carefully. This is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Do you understand what he's doing? This isn't, this isn't the Moses from the Old Testament giving you his witness. This isn't Elijah saying, this is my witness, look to Jesus. This is the witness of heaven saying, all of heaven stands behind this one. This is my son. And so when you come to church, do you understand you are seeing the glory of the son of God when you listen to the word of God? And I know it's not shining bright for your eyes to see. But your faith sees it. And your faith is growing. This is God's holy son whose voice needs no verification and whose word needs no validation because it lines up completely with Moses. It lines up completely with Elijah. It fulfills everything of the Old Testament and God himself is pleased with it. This is the one whose life needs no validation either because nobody could ever prove him guilty of sin even though he asked for it and on top of that his resurrection proves God accepted everything from his life on behalf of sinners his life stands and passes the test so God is pleased with this one can't you be too after all the reason why he's here is to take all of your sin and to have it piled on his shoulders and to be that perfect payment for you. Um, <clears throat> yesterday we made 3,200 pizzas and I was teasing a few of the tables. I noticed, I, I wasn't at table preparation, I was handling something else, but I noticed a lot of the toppings from the pizzas somehow ended up on the floor. And then as people are walking up and down the rows, this stuff gets ground into the gym floor a little bit. So when you go in for Bible study today, it's going to still smell like pizza. So I was teasing, saying after we take the tables down, we should sweep all of those toppings into a big pile and we should make some floor pizza. 
for a good price. <laughs> Who of you wants to eat some floor pizza? Oh, it's beneath you, is it? I want you to think about all of those things that fell from our lives, throughout our life. All of those things that have come out of our heart and fallen out and have fallen short of God's glory. All of those things that are beneath God, but they're not beneath His Son. The cross is a place where Jesus ate it. The whole pie. And he has the audacity after Peter, James, and John are scared by the voice of the Father. Jesus comes up and touches them on the shoulder and just says, don't be afraid. And he lifts them back up by the gospel. Do you understand? Jesus Christ is the one place of grace. The one and only in all of the world. I mean, how outlandish. How incredible, how ridiculous that God would take sinners and forgive them in his son. <coughs> that God would take the righteousness of Jesus and give it to the lives of people who are unrighteous. And he awards them through faith with eternal life. What kind of ridiculous court does that? What kind of jury or verdict is going gonna, is gonna to come from a court like that? There's only one. It's God's own court. He's justified you in Jesus Christ. He's forgiven your sins so that you stand holy and righteous in this Jesus, the one place where you may have no fear because he's put it all, what we deserved on Jesus and given you for free what we don't. A couple months ago, I found on my phone a recording of my oldest daughter when she was four years old, about to go into kindergarten. I have to be honest, it caught me off guard. I completely forgot what her voice sounded like. Did you hear Peter in our second lesson today? We saw his glory. We heard the voice from that cloud. He's talking about God's own voice. We saw him receive glory and honor. It was given to him. Peter never forgot. And that book was written very close to his death. He never forgot the transfiguration all the way through his entire life. The sight, the voice, it stayed with him. It's why we continue to stay in the word of God. It's why we pour these things out at church, that you continue to hear the voice of God and glimpse his glory so that you and I never forget. And one day we will see it in full. Amen. Please stand. We join together in confessing our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Eternal God and Father, we pray for the church around the world. Always keep your people faithful to you. Lift the veil from our eyes and guide us to see Christ in the word and sacraments. During all the distractions of life, help us set our sights on Jesus. Keep us safe and protect us from the tricks and treachery of the devil. Lord, in your mercy, we pray that you would move us to have compassion on those stumbling in the darkness and empower us to proclaim Christ to all who have no faith. Give us courage to be unashamed of the light you have given us and to carry it willingly with joy wherever we go and whatever we do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers for Christians everywhere who are being persecuted because of the light they bear. Give them the strength to endure the hardships they're undergoing and give them the peace and hope of Christ as they battle on. Lord, in your mercy, we pray that Christ reveals his gracious presence to all who suffer. We pray especially for our families and those in our circle of friends who are sick or in need, and for everyone whose needs we hold in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, be with us, Lord, as we think about the coming days of Lent. Let your law convince us that we indeed deserve your punishment and would be lost forever without Christ. As our hearts fill with sorrow and regret, lift us up to see the Savior's sacrifice on the cross and give us hearts full of faith in him. Lord, in your mercy, And now hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence. Lord God, hear the prayers we offer and let your grace and mercy flow to us and all for whom we pray. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the light of the world.
Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. Morning, everyone, and welcome to our guests and visitors. Love having you come. Please worship the Lord with us again. Uh, a couple of announcements for you, and maybe I should have made this first, but there are pizzas for sale. <laughs> uh, 
legitimate pizzas. Uh, we make about 15 extras or so of every kind. And so I believe Beth Heilman will be in the back if anybody would like some of those. They are fantastic. Just had one yesterday. We are going to have a call meeting uh, right after this at the beginning of Bible study. It should start about 9.15, 9.20. It's going to take place in the gym. We're calling for two positions, a 3K teacher, who's also going to be early childhood director, and then a 4K teacher. So in the gym uh, right after this. Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. It wasn't listed in the bulletin, but every Ash Wednesday we do have the Lord's Supper celebrated at that service. Um, so individual and common cup will be available as well, but just wanted to make that clear. And then Galatians classes starting. We, we uh, were snowed out this past one. It sounds like we're going to have a doozy of another snowstorm coming maybe this week. We'll just see. But uh, uh, Ash Wednesday, Wednesday, Galatians Thursday at 6.30. Those are the announcements I had. Anything further to add? For many of you. Not seeing any, please greet one another and God bless each and every one of you. Have a great week.